Um, just want to kind of give you all an update. Uh, I was originally supposed to leave out tomorrow. Uh, I know that's what we had told y'all, but because they had no one to replace me, I will be flying out on the 19th to go to Sagan Island, Russia. So, um, so I'll be here, and I think God has His reasons. Uh, I'll be here for New Year's Eve service, and I get to go through most of the fast and and through the training, and and I think that's what God has. Uh, I was really frustrated when it happened. Uh, well, a little more than frustrated, I guess. And uh, they knew I was frustrated. I done it nicely, but uh, anyway, God has His reasons, and. and uh, so anyway, uh, on the 19th, I'll be flying out. So y'all will be seeing me for a couple more weeks here. And so, amen. Uh, before we get started, let's pray. Lord, we love you today. Lord, we thank you, Lord, to, for the honor and privilege to be a part of what you're doing. God, I'm so thankful for the Art Fellowship Church. I'm so thankful for the people, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you have placed each, each and every one into my life. Lord, little do they know how much they mean to me. But, Lord, they mean a lot to me. God, I'm so thankful, Lord God, just to be a part of what you're doing. Lord, I just pray today that as I come and I speak the word of God today, Lord God, may administer to their hearts and, and challenge them today. Lord, this is for your purpose. It's not for my purpose, oh God. And I pray that you touch each and every heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, it seems like it was only yesterday that we were standing before you and saying, well, 2007 is over. We're fixing to go into 2008. Now we find ourselves 2009. It's amazing the older you get, the faster time goes. Um, 2009. Wow. Seems like, like it was yesterday. It was... Y2K, year 2000, but we're into 2009. New Year's is a time where people make resolutions, and most of it is, I'm going to lose weight this year, or I'm going to eat better this year, or I'm going to begin exercising this year, and it goes on and on. Who's done that? Who's completed them? Boy, very few hands. <laughs> I guess resolutions are made to be broken or usually are broken. Um, as lofty as a, as a resolution may be, they just don't last. But there's one thing that God is looking for, is commitment. Commitment is different from a resolution. The year 2000 was not an easy year. We can see all the crises that have taken place across the world. Um, we see all the, uh, the financial situations uh, within our cities, our state, and throughout our nation. People are facing a lot of things. Uh, although there were many hardships, we see God's hand sustaining us and keeping us. Paul said in Philippians 3.13, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. That's what are we going to do today. We're going to forget all those things that have taken place this last year, and we're going to look forward to 
to what God has for us for 2009. Uh, I look forward to 2009 with anticipation. I know that God's going to be doing some mighty things. Within our midst, God's going to be doing it. Two years ago, not two years ago, two weeks ago, let's shorten it down a little bit. How <laughs> time flies. Two weeks ago, I had the honor and privilege to uh, do the ceremony for baby dedication for my daughter and her husband, for little Benjamin. Uh, I guess it's one of the greatest highlights of my life. You know, I've, all my grandchildren have been dedicated to God, but to to do it myself, that was an amazing thing to go through. It was very emotional for me at that time. Um, but anyway, it was a great, great time. Uh, within the ceremony, Christy and Eric, as parents, dedicated Benjamin to God. By doing so, they were giving Benjamin to God. They were setting apart Benjamin to God to serve God all the days of his life. God, you gave us Benjamin. Now we're going to give him back to you, such as what Hannah did. And they dedicated Benjamin. I know God's got his hands on Benjamin. I know he has his hands on each one of my grandchildren. But we dedicated them all to God. This morning I want to talk to us about... For some of us may be dedicating our life to God for the first time. And for some of us, or the rest of us, rededicating our lives to God, such as we did for Benjamin. Um, this is giving of ourselves to whatever God asks of us, to go wherever he wants us to go. It's a recommitment to God. It says, God, I'm yours. Whatever you want of me, I'm yours. First of all, I want to talk about a man named Isaiah. And we can see his rededication to God. In the midst of a, he was a prophet of God. He used my name of God. We read the first chapter. I'm going to read the first couple of verses in just a second. And right from the very onslaught, boy, he was prophesying. He was giving the word of the Lord. But something happens a little bit further down in chapter 6. Um, chapter 1, verse 1 says, The vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Ezekiel, king of Judah. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. So right on the very onset, boy, he was declaring the word of the Lord. He was being used of God, mighty man of God. And he does so all the way up through chapter 5, but we come to chapter 6. And starting with verse 1 in chapter 6, it says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. What an experience. What an experience. Can you imagine, you know, can you picture in your mind what he could have seen? In this very scene that, we're, that develops in the next few verses, it changes Isaiah's life. As I was sitting a while ago when I was thinking about this, the Lord just brought to my, my spirit. Isaiah was the same one that prophesied mostly about the birth of Christ. It was Isaiah who prophesied about the death of Christ. 
This changes life. It changes direction. Still a prophet of God, but it, it became even more focused on what God had. Verse 2, it says, Above it stood Sheraphim. Each one had six wings, and two he covered his face, and two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried, and the house was filled with smoke. That's the glory of God. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. He saw the Lord. And immediately, all he could see was his filth that was on him. Now, we're talking about a man of God. But in the presence of God, all these things that were not really just given unto God just shows up in his life. He was a prophet of God, and he says, I am a man of unclean lips. What an experience. I would have to venture to say, if we were to see the Lord high and lifted up, our lives would change. Then one of the seraphims flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken from the tongues of the altar, and he touched my mouth with it. And behold, when he touched, behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity, iniquity is taken away, and your sin purged. And I also heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Lord, here am I, send me. Again, when all he could, when he saw the Lord, he saw his his sin. But Jesus provided a, a way of salvation. He had one of the seraphims take the coals on the altar and purge his lips and his sins and his iniquities were forgiven. But then the call goes out again. He says, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? At that moment, at that point in time, there was a new urgency for Isaiah. There was a new rededication in his life. He said, Lord, send me. Here am I, Lord. Send me. And today he's asking you who will go for him. Who will go for the Lord today? Are you willing to say, Lord, send me? God, I'll go. God, I volunteer. Lord, I want to go. Are you willing today? Say, Lord, send me. Lord, send me. We Christians, the church, that's you and I, we need to see the Lord high and lifted up and His train filled the temple. Jesus asking, whom shall I send and who will go for us? When Jesus called His disciples, He would say, follow me. One by one, they would just drop everything 
and they would follow him. Not everybody. Not everybody followed him that he called. I really wonder how many disciples there would have been if all would have heeded his call to follow him. I want to talk about a couple of those this morning. Luke, the ninth chapter. Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. How many of us have said, Lord, I will follow you everywhere you go? We've said it. But sometimes we let our lives take detours. Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, No one having put his hand to the plow, and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. I guess my question today, what conditions have you placed on God's call on your life? What have you said, God, I will go if you do this. God, I will go, but first I've got to take care of these things first. What have you put conditions on? I think he was pretty emphatic on his answer. No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Today I want to ask you, are you looking back? Are you looking back? Did you look back? Did God say, this is what I'm asking you to do? But for whatever reason, you haven't fulfilled what God has called you to do. Did you look back this morning? That's pretty tough words, not fit for the kingdom of God. Mark 10, verse 17. Now as as he was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before him, and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. You know the commandments, do not commit adultery. Do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, Teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. Then Jesus looked at him and loved him. He loved him. He saw something in this man that he loved. He said to him, one thing you like, go your way. Sell whatever you have and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the, the cross and follow me. And verse 22 says, and he was sad at the word, and went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. 
This is a very sad encounter for Jesus. Imagine he hurt inside on this encounter. He loved this man. We don't know any more else, anything about him anymore. But you know, if he would have said, okay, Lord, I will do this. I will follow you. I'll give it all away just to follow you. Well, tell him how much we would have read about him in the New Testament. God would have used him. And one thing that comes to mind, I wonder if this man had any regrets. If I would just have obeyed. You know, we Christians, God has called us, and, and, and for whatever reason we have not obeyed. You know, I, I'm not going to say it send you to hell, but I wonder if there's up in heaven that a window opens up and God could show you what would have taken place if you were obedient to this call. What kind of regrets we would have today. Pretty sobering thought. When God calls you, now's the time. Now's the time to step out. Now's to say yes. Now's the time to say yes. Now's the time to be obedient. And day by day, as time goes along, that we're not obedient to that call. How many people are lost? How many people that we come in contact with that we would have won if we would have been obedient to him? What kind of regrets will we have? Only one thing was like, you know, this man done everything right. He was a good man. He just liked only the one thing. And his big problem is that his possessions owned him. And he couldn't let it go. What do we have in our lives that owns us? What owns you today? What keeps you from being what God wants you to be? Oh, it's real quiet here today. When I was preparing this, I said, Boy, Lord, this is rough. He said, yeah, I know. Preach my word. All he had to do was sell all that he had, give it to the poor, take up his cross and follow him. That's what he's asking of you and us today. Jesus loved him, but the man walked away.
Again, what is keeps you from dedicating your life fully to God? What can't you lay aside? Matthew 25. Verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling in a far country who called his own servants and delivered them his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. To each one according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. God entrusted each and every one of his servants with a talent, with talents. Some he gave five, some he gave two, to one he gave one. They all had the same responsibility to God, to, to their Lord. God has given us all talents. I know this is talking about money, but he has given you talents and abilities for you to use. We are to bring forth fruit. There are some of us who are using our talents and abilities. There are some who have buried your talents and abilities. Then who had received the talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise he who had received two gained two more also, but he who received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. Two of them invested wisely. One did not invest whatsoever. He hid it. After a long time, the Lord of his servants came and settled accounts with them. And I want to say today, there will be a settling of accounts within our life. And I want to ask you, how's your account today with God? Have you invested what God has given you wisely? Or have you buried it into the ground? So he who had received the talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. And look, I have gained five more talents besides them. And he said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things, and I will make you ruler of many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. There's great reward for your obedience to him. And to me, the greatest reward is when he says, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Just to know that you please him. Just to know that you've been found faithful unto God. Well done. Well done. He who also received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. And the Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. What's amazing, he had less to work with 
But he had the same reward. He had the same reward. It's because of not what he possessed, it's that he used it wisely and that he done it to please his Lord. Each and one of us have different talents and abilities. And you will be rewarded of being faithful to what you have. And your reward will be just as great as someone who stands behind a pulpit, an evangelist or prophet, is because you were obedient to him. We can't look at the the call to judge how this person is going to be blessed. But it's going to be in your obedience on how you handle what God has given you and been found faithful. Then the one who had received the one talent and said, Lord, I knew you were a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look there, you have what is yours. He was ruled by fear. He was afraid to step out. You never overcome anything unless you step out. I can't teach a class. As long as you say I can't, you won't, and you can't. There's no allowances in someone's attitude like that for the anointing because you already made up your mind. I can't do it. That's beyond me. I'm afraid. Fear. And because of fear, this man buried his talent. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant. I would hate for the Lord. Instead of saying, well done, that good and faithful servant, to say, you wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to who, to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given. And he who has abundance, and he will have an abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The Lord stripped him of the only talent that he had and gave it to the one with ten. And the thing is, he had the same opportunity with that one talent. That's the man with five talents, and that's the man with two talents. He had one 
only one, and he did not take advantage of the opportunity. <clears throat> Romans 12.1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. He wants you. He wants you to give your all. And the word says that's your reasonable service. Not unreasonable, but it's reasonable. He wants us to dedicate ourselves unto him, to give ourselves to him. He wants us to be a sacrifice that is holy, a sacrifice that's acceptable to God. Again, in 2009, God is calling us to be a living sacrifice. He doesn't want our leftovers. He wants our first fruits. He wants our best. This morning, I believe that the Spirit of the Lord is saying to His people, instead of making New Year's resolutions that are today, here today, and gone tomorrow, for the year 2009, rededicate yourself to the worship of God and set yourself apart to God. Everything that's going on around this world is not important. But what is important is what you do for God. Nothing else counts. I mentioned earlier I'm going to Russia. Yes, there is financial opportunity in this. But what I hear what I hear is a voice of the Lord saying Andy will you come along with me? Would you just come to be with me? And I could have said no, because I have said no so many times. This is not what I want. I do not want to go to that land. It's not a fun place. Trust me. It's very cold. <laughs> but all I can hear is the voice of the Lord says, Andy, will you come? Will you come? God is asking you this morning, will you come alone with me? Will you come spend time with me? Will you give yourself to me? Will you dedicate your life to me? That's what he's asking of you today. I'm going to go and be obedient. I don't know what's in store for me. But I believe it's the beginning for me beginning of the fulfillment of what he's called me unto. Today's God is calling you. This could be a beginning for you. 
Today, God is not asking for promises. He's asking commitment from you. So many of us Christians have become so wrapped up in ourselves that the dedication to God is when it's convenient. It's your dedication to God. Is it just when it's convenient to you? Jesus said for us to take up our cross and follow him. There are people to save. There are people to heal. There are people to teach. There are children to teach. There are hungry to feed. There are naked to clothe. That is the cross that he's called us unto. That's the cross. Have you taken up your cross? Have you said, Lord, send me? Perhaps one day you had said, yes, Lord, I'll go. Something's happened. And you find yourself not fulfilling what God has asked you to do. Are you willing today? Are you really willing to do it today? It takes a decision. It is saying yes to the Lord to whatever He asks of you. It takes commitment. He knows if it's just being He knows if you're just being caught up in the moment or if it's something that you really mean from your heart. Today, if you truly dedicate yourself to God, there's an adventure ahead of you. He will take you to new heights and to new places that you cannot even fathom. But are you willing to go? Are you willing to commit to what he's asked of you? Are you willing? Lord God, I've delivered my heart. Lord, I believe with all my heart for the church 2009 it's a time for change. Lord, it's a time that we get down to the business of the kingdom. Lord, your word says for us to seek the kingdom of God first and all these other things will be added to us. But Lord, we've got it backwards many times. But it gives us, oh God. Lord, I pray that today your Holy Spirit will minister these words that I've spoken to their hearts. But Lord, I know it comes from your heart. comes from your heart. And I ask, Lord, that this be a day of change for us all. Lord, there's greatness in each and every one of us. 
it's because you live there. You're the great one. And anything that we are, anything that we become, it's because of you, not because of our talents or abilities, but it's because of you. Lord, if there are those that are driven by fear, I come against that spirit in Jesus' name. It is not of you. But Lord, may the power and the boldness of the Holy Spirit rise within each and every one of us. And Lord, that we would pick up our sword, pick up our shield, and go forth into the battle that you've called us unto. Thank you, Lord. I want to ask you to stand. The Holy Spirit has spoken to your heart this morning. As an outward sign of what you want to really happen in your heart, I want you to come forth and stand before the Lord. No one's going to lay hands on you. This is very personal. And if you really want God to take you from this day and change your life, if you really want to be used of God, now's the time. Don't have regrets. Don't have regrets. And you may say, well, I'll do all these things. That doesn't matter. This is a new thing within your heart. I know God is speaking to many here. Don't let Satan rob you. Don't let Satan rob you. Are you ready? Are you willing? You really want what he has for you? You know, I was a good pew warmer for so many years. But he delivered me. Do you want to be delivered from being a pew warmer? Just sitting there satisfied, not doing anything. One by one, you're coming up. There's still more. Holy Spirit speaking to you. I know it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I don't want to move too quick. Anybody else? The Lord, that's me. I want to dedicate my life to you. I'm not saying you're not a Christian. I'm not saying you're not a spiritual. But it's a new commitment to God. I want you to raise your hands. And I want you to voice it to God. I want you to say it to God. God, I dedicate myself to you. 
God, I commit myself to you this day to do whatever you ask of me. Lord, I'm yours. Take me, Lord. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, I thank you right now for changed lives. Lord, I thank you for changed lives. God, I thank you for your anointing on each and every one that's up here this morning, Lord God. God, they're willing to say, I want to rededicate my life unto you. God, I want to recommit myself to you and the things that you've called me unto. God, I pray for a fresh anointing, Lord God, a fresh touch of your Holy Spirit on each and every one of them that's here right now, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Come on, let's praise him. Let's, come on, let's speak it out. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord, we say yes unto you right now, Lord God. God, we say yes to you, Lord. We say yes to your call, Lord God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Now, I will say this. With this new commitment, God's going to give you opportunities. He's going to put things in your, your way, and he's going to see if you really mean what you say. Step out. Let him speak through you. Let him talk through you. Let him see through his eyes. Open up your heart to the lives of people. That's where God's going to send you. If God tells you to teach class, teach a class. Whom God calls, he enables. It's he who gives you the ability to do these things. You don't have to rely on your own abilities, your own might. If it was up to me, I, I couldn't do it. But it's God. It's God. Pastor. We're making a commitment to the Lord. Uh, I guess we're getting to the end of the year right now. But let me say this. What God wants for people is consistency. Because consistency is what he wants. And that's what we want. Being consistent in your fellowship with him. Your devotion to him. Not going back and forth. You stay steady. And you've made a commitment today to the Lord. I believe the Lord has honored me commitment this is we're coming into a new year and i hope that the commitment that you're making to god today and i'm sure there are many back there it's not about not doing wrong thing it's about a devotion to him and doing what pleases him uh, serving we are called not just to worship god but to serve him and those two have to go together. And I know that the Spirit of God is with us. I'm going to ask for a greater commitment from every one of you. Not only those coming here. Not, we're not talking about sin. But a greater commitment. Do you want to go higher with God this coming year? Are you going to remain the way you were before? 
or there's going to be a change, I am determined that this coming year, beginning from the time of a fast, what needs to change in my life is going to change. I would seek the Lord on that. And God is faithful. Uh, he knows the heart. He knows your heart. And that's what is important. If you're determined today to make a change this coming year, to be more devoted, to spend more time with God, then you fulfill your commitment. And like Pastor Wendy said this morning, he will say to you, well done. Not until we get, not, we're not waiting until we get to heaven. But right here, he will say that to us. Would you bow your head? Father, we thank you for your love for us today. Lord, help us to get rid of things that shouldn't be there in our heart. Help us to get rid of bitterness. Help us to get rid of everything that's holding us back. Help us to stay devoted to you totally from our heart. Help us to love you with a greater love. Help us to see you as you really are high and lifted up so that we can see ourselves the way we really are. We thank you, Father, for your love. You always your love is always there for us. You never leave us. You never forsake us. Thank you, Father, for your love. And thank you, Lord, for the message this morning that the man's commitment from us to you, and we commit ourselves to you to live that life that's pleasing to you. In Jesus' name. And the people of God said, Amen.